1: Asia Pacific markets are largely in the green this morning as investors assess a host of news from the United States, including a proposed 1.9 trillion US dollars spending plan by US President elect Joe Biden. Seoul is up one third of a percent. Tokyo and Sydney trading higher as well. Joining me now for a look at the numbers and more is Ryan Huang. Happy Friday, Ryan.
0: Happy Friday. I can almost smell the weekend.
1: (laughs) I can't wait. Yesterday on this show, we talked about investor anxiety over a possible taper tantrum analogous to back in 2013 when investors sold off stocks amid signs that the U.S. Federal Reserve was considering tapering off its quantitative easing program. Overnight, Fed Chair Jerome Powell tried to put those concerns to rest. Speaking at an online forum hosted by his alma mater, Princeton University, Powell said the U.S. economy still needs more help. So Ryan, why in this context is a struggling U.S. economy a good thing from an investor Perspective.
0: Yeah, so this is one of those cases where bad news for the economy is good news for the markets. So, in this context, you have the prospects of lower rates if things are still bad, because that means the Federal Reserve is unlikely to raise rates anytime soon, later rather than sooner, because you are still trying to revive the economy. So, that means low rates means liquidity will still be abundant and will be pushing up markets in time to come. So in that context, bad news is good news.
1: Indeed, the 2013 taper tantrum is considered by so many analysts to be the worst mistake of then Fed Chair Ben Bernanke's career when he started talking about tapering off bond purchases. He really caught markets by surprise. It seems Powell has learned that lesson and he's promising to give markets plenty of advance notice, do you think?
0: Yeah, that's the, I guess, balancing act that all Chairmen of the Federal Reserve have to walk the balancing act of trying to say something without saying something. So a lot of jaw trying to communicate in advance in, I guess, vagueish language of what they might do or not do. Sending You're signals. like
1: the Fed now.
0: <laughs> trying to send signals <laughs> to markets in advance without committing to themselves uh, too much. Right. So trying to give themselves like. Uh, I guess, a bit of um, leeway when it comes to doing things, but pushing them in the right direction. So the direction right now is that they will be expecting things to be status quo until things change. And when we change, the change to look out for is inflation. And inflation is still not where um, the Fed wants it to be. And It's 2%. It's 2%. And they are thinking... And even the Fed has given themselves some leeway when it comes to inflation targets. They say it could even overshoot 2% for some time before they act. So quite a bit of wiggle room when it comes to these things. And the reassurance really came overnight when Jeff uh, Jerome Powell came out to say, uh, it's still pretty much the same strategy, the same approach. I'm not changing my mind based on the latest developments, on yields and everything else. It's still pretty much as it goes, steady as it goes. So that is a bit of reassurance. And that's important because when it comes to yields on rates, you don't want things to shoot up or move very fast, too fast, too soon. Mm. You can move up eventually, but not in a dramatic fashion. So that's the thing he's trying to prevent a tantrum, so to speak, when it comes to rates.
1: Despite Powell's remarks and a clear message of reassurance, U.S. markets still finished broadly lower overnight. The S&P 500 finished down a third of a percent. Apple, Microsoft, other big tech companies pulled the market lower. Bonds also finished lower, pushing the yield on the 10-year Treasury note up to 1.13%. So Ryan, why do you think investors shrugged off Powell's remarks? Do they need more time to digest the news, or perhaps more convincing?
0: That could be one reason. The other thing weighing on sentiment last night was the jobless or rather the jobless claims uh, report. That came out worse than expected. So 965,000, nearly 1 million people applying for jobless benefits. That's way above the forecast of 800,000. So that that's one thing weighing on investors' minds. And of course, they were also waiting for Joe Biden's uh, stimulus plans, which were... Unveiled pretty much after the market closed. So a bit of waiting for that to happen. I think um, we could see a bit of a turnaround as markets react to it today. And of course, tonight you will also get another potentially market-moving event with the earnings from the banks coming out to give more direction
1: discouraging jobless claims certainly part of the picture for the answer to that one there were more gainers and losers on the broader u.s market though and small caps continued to rally it was something we looked at in our show yesterday now u.s president-elect joe biden has announced a 1.9 trillion u.s dollar spending plan that he plans to put before u.s congress so Ryan, what are the major parts of biden's proposal
0: Right, $1.9 trillion, a rather big bazooka. And it covers a couple of things. Just to sum it up, we've mm-hmm. got more direct payments to households, a new wave of spending, um, expansion of jobless benefits, and money for state and local governments. And as well, the vaccination programs are pretty much better funded right now. So just to walk you through the numbers, in terms of direct payments to households, we previously had $600. Yep. So on top of that, you will get another And if you look at the minimum wage, that's going to be doubled from $725 to $15. And if you look at the funding that state and territorial and local governments will be getting, that is around $350 billion, including plus $20 billion for public transit systems. So a bit of infrastructure spending will go towards creating jobs in the long term. And also worth noting is the vaccination program. It will get $20 billion for the National Vaccine Distribution Program. This will offer free vaccination to all U.S. residents regardless of immigration status. So free vaccinations for everyone. So that is worth talking about because it means regardless of who you are, you will be vaccinated. So that's important because you are only as strong as your weakest link. So that is a rather inclusive approach from Joe Biden.
1: And on the vaccine front, $50 billion to ramp up those testing efforts, purchasing rapid result tests, expanding lab capacity and helping uh, local states implement testing regimes as well. So really important steps and measures there that I think people have been looking out for. U.S. President Donald Trump has less than one week left in office, yet his administration continues to enact a series of 11-hour rules that could have major implications for the markets. Two new rules caught my eye this morning. I'm going to take them in turn. First, it appears Trump is taking a final swipe at China, imposing sanctions on officials and companies, and an investment ban on nine more firms. Bring us up to speed.
0: Yeah, so the latest on the list, we've got Xiaomi, the Chinese smartphone maker, as well as China's third largest oil producer, CNOX. So, they joined the list of companies that the US feels have ties to the Chinese military. So, This is all part of national security reasons and other names on that list they have just added include state-owned plane maker, Commercial Aircraft Corporation of China, or also known as COMAC. Uh, They have been known to be one of the rivals to creating a narrow-body plane that can compete with Boeing and Airbus. So you also have another interesting name that is in the form of um, Skyrizen, that is a maker of various equipment, including military aircraft engines. So that is also on the list. So all in, it's interesting to see this happen just days before Joe Biden takes office. So you have to remember, Mm -hmm. Joe Biden could walk back or roll back some of these um, new moves by Donald Trump's administration before um, it really has an impact. So something to watch out for when he does take office.
1: Yeah, it could be a blip. But for now, these nine Chinese firms that have been added to the Pentagon's list are subject to a new investment ban, which will force American investors to divest holdings of the firms by November 11th, 2021. Another new rule that may make it more difficult for banks to enact environmental, social and governance policies. Ryan, this seems like a step backwards. Explain this one to us.
0: Yeah, so this is... A rather interesting debate because the latest move by the U.S. comptroller, so this is a move that will pretty much give guidance or dictate that U.S. banks, Wall Street banks, can no longer discriminate against anyone, such as those polluting the industry or even those selling guns. So for some time, some of the banks have been trying to be more, I guess, esg driven or aware by choosing not to lend to some of the more polluting industries like miners, oil producers, fossil fuel-dependent um, companies, or even gun makers. But there is now this argument from the administration that this is discriminatory. You shouldn't be making your lending decisions based on who or where they are from, but rather on their credit worthiness. So, it is an interesting point of argument that you should be you know, making finance accessible to everyone. If these industries are deemed legal to operate in the US business landscape, why shouldn't they not be? given equal access to business funding. So there is an the argument coming through from the regulator. Uh, and I think it will be, it'll be one that will be interesting interesting to watch as we have this ESG debate.
1: Mm, so banks have to provide quantitative metrics that prove the risks that have led them to deny services to potential clients. A move towards transparency, it looks like. Before we check in on markets, there are a number of corporate stories to bring listeners up to date this Friday morning, let's start with our classic up or down game. One last time before you go on leave for a
0: couple of weeks. All right, Ryan, are you ready? Let's go. Poshmark, the company that just went public. All right, Poshmark. It seems like there are a lot of companies going IPO these days. Mm. And there is a lot of appetite for IPOs. Looking at Poshmark's debut, it sort more than 140% in the first few minutes alone. So a really good debut for this um company and we are looking at Poshmark. It's a marketplace for sellers and buyers for second hand clothing. So even this um I guess little known company is making such a strong debut, it's a really good reflection of how much risk appetite is in the markets right now.
1: Yeah, investors appear to really love this online second-hand goods marketplace, which has benefited from all our online spending, apparently, during the pandemic. Shares more than doubling on their stock market debut. Next up, Petco, another new IPO.
0: Yeah, pet food and pretty much everything you need for pets. So that is also getting quite a bit of traction. It shot up by 63% on day one on the NASDAQ. So pretty much... In line with what you talked about, COVID-19, fueling what's driven by COVID-19 trends, the stay at home, taking care of your pets, a bit more, I guess, um, focus on that um, new emerging hobby or Something that you're now paying more attention to, at least. Something that's benefiting from the COVID-19 trend.
1: Indeed. I I know people have even bought pets because of COVID-19. You know, the loneliness factor. So Petco, pet store chain, we saw its shares jump more than 60% above their IPO price. Next up, it's bite downs. Is it up or down?
0: I would say down Mm -hmm. because it's rival. Uh, known as Kwaisho, they own Win, which, which is a rival of ByteDance's TikTok. So they, Show, have gotten the green light to go IPO um, in Hong Kong to the tune of $5 billion. So that is according to reports, so we have to wait for the official uh, statements to come in. So that is, I guess, one up against ByteDance, which is hoping to also do its own listing sometime in the near future.
1: Show, by the way, means... In Chinese, fast hand. Yeah, it's set to win the race against
0: its large arrival, ByteDance, in the uh, race to go public. Next, Google. Okay, Google finally has crossed the finishing line when it comes to its acquisition of Fitbit. And this is amid antitrust concerns. All the concerns around data and how it uses data, quite timely when we have this discussion around WhatsApp and Facebook. So they managed to close the Fitbit deal And this is a $2.1 billion deal. So they could finally know what's up with their health and try to integrate it with the rest of the Google ecosystem.
1: Do you think it's up or down?
0: It would have to be up because there were some concerns from regulators that it might be pushed back or have some obstacles in the way.
1: Well, I think it could be down as well because regulators could uh, question, uh, you know, and they're Mm. all these concerns about data privacy. So So for now, it's an up, but it could turn to a down. (laughs) Let's check in on local stocks now. The SDI finished up three quarters of a percent yesterday to finish at 3000. Actually, 3000.00 to be precise. Mm. How often does that happen? Right, Ryan?
0: Well, the last time it happened was back in, well, at least hitting the 3,000 mark back in March. Perfectly. Perfectly, I'm not sure. 0,0. Wow, this is a milestone (laughs) number. Uh, But I have to say, in the opening minutes, it's now given back some of those gains. Mm. It's down by 0.03% at 2,999. So who knows where it will be by the end of the day. Uh, If you look at what's happening across the region, it is a rather muted start. Most markets in the green slightly, Mm -hmm. um, but the the STI just hugging the break-even point right now. And looking at some of the top movers, you have right now right at the top, Hong Kong land up by 3%, Dairy Farm and Thai Beth in second and third. Uh, Yang Ji Jiang has been in the news. It's up right now 1% in the news because it has signed a, an agreement with two Chinese companies for a joint venture to do a LNG supply chain. So that is something that seems to be boosting its share price. On the flip side, what's at the bottom of the table? You have UOL is down by 1.2%. Venture Corp is down by 1%. And SGX is lower by 7 oh, sorry. 0.7%. And the favorite they've been tracking all week, City Dev, is continuing to bounce back 0.9% at 762.
1: He's Ryan Huang, ready for his weekend. Ryan will be away for how many weeks, Ryan? Two weeks. Two weeks. Sitting in for him will be uh, hosts of guests, including uh, from IG, right?
0: Pan Jingyi from IG will be helping you with the numbers. All right, from next week. Have a wonderful break, Ryan. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.